Matthew 16, 24, where Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. In just a moment, I want to talk to you. And the message is entitled, One-on-One -on -one with God. Now, those of you that know sports, one-on-one, -on -one, one -on -one, basketball, you know that that's your responsibility, and the one with the balls, one-on-one, -on -one, it's that kind of thing. And it's, sometimes it's hard for us to understand that salvation is a one-on-one. -on -one. It's who he is and who you are. And it's who he'll remain to be and whether or not we're going to change to be like him. And God's word just opens up to us so very, very, very clearly. And as we read it, we understand that there are some very serious things that are involved. I have two questions I want you to answer. Number one, who do you know best? Whom do you know best? I know so-and-so like the back of my hand. Well, who are they? You got that question? Number two, who do you love the most? If somebody asked you, who do you love the most? What would be the name? What would be the name? Who do you know the best and who do you love the most? Now I'm going to give you a third question. Is the name, who do you know the best and who you love the most, the same person? That's my question. Seems to me that the person I love the most ought to know the best. The Bible says that God will supply our need. Philippians 4:19. According to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And so, rather than God just tell you how to fill in the blank, just don't say, God just told me what to put down there. Don't get there yet. But keep thinking with me. Because our personal choices have a lot to do with how God is able to use our life. Our personal choices have a lot to do with whether or not God can use our life according to his will and purpose. And so, when you try to get away from that, you can't get very far. In other words, let's suppose that your goal is to be happy. How are you going to go about doing that? The Bible tells you how to do it. God tells you how to do it. But had you rather seek for that somewhere else? You're the purpose of your life. Why are you here? God has a, a plan. He's got a purpose. And he's got spiritual gifts that he'll give you to help you fulfill that purpose. You say, well, you know, my, my personal goal is money. I'll just be honest with you, preacher. Nothing wrong with that. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns the hills they graze on. All that's in the heavens, all that's in the earth is his. He's just looking for some stewards to handle his money. But, of course, most people want to go to the world and swap money with each other. I don't think you go to Vegas and swap money and come back with God's money. I think you take a loser's money and think you're a winner, which is going to set you up to be another loser. But if God is your source, God never runs out of money. God never runs out of love. God never runs out of forgiveness. 
Is that what you need today? You say, well, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to try to get things right with that person that I've hurt. Well, how are you going to get things right with that person? Can I tell you where you start? You get things right with God. And when you get things right with God, he reminds you, you're not near as good as you thought you were before this got started. So I'm going to clear you up and clean you up. And then you and I together, we'll just, I'll use you when I want to, and you'll play a minor part, but we'll take care of this other one because I love them just as much as I love you. If in that first blank you put name other than God, I'm assuring you that you haven't picked a number one choice. All knowledge he has, wisdom, all power he has, he owns everything. And so when you are going through this time and you want to be one-on-one with everybody rather than one-on-one with God, you see what I'm talking about? I'm not going to tell you what the next person is going to tell you. But God's not going to tell me something and you something else and you something else and you something else. Because he says, I don't change. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. On the cross, in Matthew 27, 46, it says, about the ninth hour, Jesus cried in a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachiani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Could I ask you a question? Would you be honest in the answer? Have you ever asked God the question? Same question. My God, my God, why? Why this valley? Why this illness? Why this bankruptcy? Why this divorce? Why this fill in the blank? Have you ever done that? Well, does that make you a bad person? Absolutely not. Jesus said the same thing. My God, my God, why? And the more you get to know that God, the more you'll get to know why. And you may not agree with the reasoning that God will give you, but that's okay. When you get to heaven, you'll have all eternity to figure it out. And you can talk face to face with the ones that gives that counsel. But you know what Jesus said, don't you, in that passage? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? What's the next word, church? Nevertheless. Nevertheless what? Not my will, but thine be done. You see how it works? It works in a personal way. Not my God, why did you do this to everybody else, but my God, me. Why? And God will calm us just like he calmed Jesus and he said, nevertheless, thy will be done. In John 14, let not your heart be troubled. Do you believe in God? Believe also in me, for in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go and prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I'll receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. And what happened then? He said, whether I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas said unto him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. 
If you don't have complete knowledge, where are you going to find knowledge? When you say, there's a whole lot of things I don't know. Okay, where are you going to go to fill in the blanks of what you don't know? You're going to try to find it on television? Are you going to try to find it just talking to your friends? Are you going to try to find it just going to church? Going to church will do nothing for you unless something happens when you get there. This is another building dedicated to God in order that people come here will know how to find their way home to be ever and ever with the Lord starting today and for the rest of your life. As children, those of us who were raised in the church, probably the first song we ever heard was Jesus Loves Me, This I Know. Jesus loves me, this I know. And then we would sing, oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because he what? He first loved me. You see where it gets started? And then when that love can flow into us and then flow out to others, but especially back to him. My Jesus, I love thee. I know thou art mine. I have no worry, Lord, that if I can't stand up, you will pick me up and you will carry me safely home. The Bible warns us about losing our first love. He wasn't talking about our our maiden marriage. Our first love is Jesus, if we're Christians. And nobody ought to bump him out of his position. At the name of Jesus, every knee to bow, every tongue confess, Jesus is Lord. And can sing that song, my Jesus, I love thee, I know thou art mine. And so as we move about, the only hope we have of becoming anything in our life we've got to have the power of God we cannot we cannot become what God wants us to be without his power and that power you need to learn how to get it so you need to learn more about him so you can understand that scripture that all power is given that you are the recipient of that, that you have found the secret. But we have a choice. We can hold to our personal chosen life and assets and way, or we can submit to his way with the warning coming from him, my ways are higher than your ways. You cannot walk on the same level. You're going to have to walk with me. And wherever I lead, you're going to have to go. Could I ask you another question? What do you need to know so you can love Jesus the most? Let me put it like this. What is there in your life that uh, you feel like there's a void? You know, I need this, whatever it is. Love, money, 
uh, a few that boys, some affirming words or whatever. What are, you, what are you looking for? What do you need? And God says he'll supply it. And so you have to make a decision where you want to go before you know whether God's taking you there or not. If you want to spend eternity without, without God and without hope, that's your choice, and you can stay on that road today. But if you want God's best for you, you want to get off that road and turn around and go with him. Deuteronomy 4.29 says, But if from thence you shall seek the Lord your God, you'll find him. If, if you seek him with all your heart and with all of your soul. Why do we want all the rains to come on our flowers and yard and not in our streets and go flood the whole place? Now, maybe I'm in this alone, but quite frankly, I wish it would just kind of come in the yards and the lakes and the rivers and keep in their banks and all. Because, but it doesn't do that way. The rain just comes out of heaven, okay? And if you've got flowers, then the, the flowers can grow, okay? Oh, and by the way, if you have weeds, they grow too. And our problem is we plant more weeds than we do flowers and wonder why things look so bad in my life. But when we understand that God sends a rain on the just and the unjust and the floods come on the good and the bad, then we understand that God says, okay, I told you they're going to come. Now, when they come, do you know me well enough as to what you're to do? First of all, you get out of the low country and you climb the highest mountain if you're worried about floods. And when it's a spiritual thing and you're in the pits of hell on earth, you drag yourself up out of that and start moving to higher ground. But God brings the rain. God brings many things that we hate to see happen, but some people have to lose everything they have to come to grips with everything they had to start with, God gave them and they turned their back on God and now they know why. They left God out of their marriage, out of their business, out of their bank account, out of their relationship to their children, out of their faithfulness to their country, out of whatever you want to name. But we made the choice. And then we get mad at God because we received the choice or the fruits of the choice that we make. Did you know storms sometimes help families get back together again? Go to the library and read thousands of those stories. You see, a lot of people won't ever get it together until they go through the storm. Some don't get it then. Some get out of one storm and jump in another storm to another storm to another storm to another storm. They make the same decision over and over and over and over and over again and expect different results out at the end. And it just doesn't happen that way, folks. You've got to turn around and start going back this way. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before, and every day with the devil is up closer to hell on earth on the way to the eternal hell. For those that know the Lord, here's a question. This is for us. 
What has happened in our life that was changed because we met Jesus? You won't get it quick, (laughs) but think about it. When you sing that song, what a wonderful change in my life took place, did it take place? When did it take place? Where did it take place? What, What can you do to go back and say, I can remember the moment. I can remember the moment. You think if you went up to Nicodemus, you can ask him, hey, when did you get born again? Well, let me see. I can't remember. It was somewhere. I can't remember whether I was a teenager, young adult, middle-aged adult, senior adult, or on my deathbed. I just can't remember. I guarantee you. He can almost tell you the date, the time, the place. That's the apostle Paul when he met Jesus. When you get to heaven and say, I've always had a question, even Paul, because I kind of struggled. I didn't know whether I was saved or not saved, and I didn't know whether I met you. Can you remember, Paul, when you met Jesus? Well, you just back up. and Don't have to wait for him to go pray about it and think about it. He'll tell you about that, that trip when God knocked him to his feet, when he was going to kill the Christians. And God knocked him to his feet and took his life and turned it around and let him write much of this book. Amen. See, that's what happens. That's what happens when you know who Jesus is. And you love him more than anything. Can I tell you, as a pastor and a Christian for a lot of years, almost 70 now, coming to think about it, there's a lot of people you can't help. I get hundreds of calls every year. Can you help me? 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 Some people you can help. Some people you can't help. You know why? They are not going to change. They're going to have their way or it's a highway. They're going to want you to treat them like they want you to treat them and they've got enough pride to hit you in the face. Don't insult me. I'll knock your block off. Oh, Jesus loves me. This I know. But I'll knock your block off. And, and you're not going to be my boss. Nobody tells me what to do. And you lose job after job after job after job. You can't get along with the people you work with, and they bump you time after time after time. But you know what you're saying, though? I change not. My personality is repulsive to everybody. And I'm going to do everything I can to make it that way when I die and the city buries me in an unknown grave. Because, you see, that's what the devil wants for you. And if you follow him, that's where he is going to lead. Every one of us this morning need to know whom we know best and who we love the most. To know Jesus is to love Jesus. The more you know about him, the more you're going to love him. Now, this is a tough question. Has anything happened to you in the last 24 months that's made you come to know the Lord more. It might be good. It might be bad. But anything, anything that's ever happened, and you say, you know what? That happening to me, it might have been losing that job. It might have been the doctor giving a bad report. But all of a sudden, I was a prayerless, unthankful child of God. But when the doctor said, and you read the report, the first thing I thought of is, where can I pray? Where can I pray? 
You see, when that happens, it's not all bad. When you become more effective in your weakness than you were in your strength, then the good things begin to happen in your life. And we have seen that over and over and over again in our church. That's in the weakness of people. That God is made strong and real. And the valley of the shadow of death is one of the premier things that we'll all go through that valley. So what then? 1 Corinthians 1.21 For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. But listen, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save those that believe. God said to anyone that teaches or preaches the word, preachers, you are responsible. Bible teachers, you are responsible. Not to teach people how many pegs there were in the ark if they don't know how many ways there are to salvation. Jesus put us here and gave us a great commission to tell the world he's alive, he is living, he is real, he is powerful, he's willing to forgive, and he's willing to pick us up from the miry sand and put us on the solid rock. And some of us, it's harder than others. Some of us still say, nobody's going to tell me what to do, including God. And when that time comes, and by the way, the Bible says there's one sin that will send a person to hell, and it's blaspheming the Holy Spirit. The reason for that is, if you're not a Bible student, the Holy Spirit is what first touches you and takes you to Jesus. And he's the only guy that can get you to Jesus. And when you blaspheme the Holy Spirit and damn the Holy Spirit, he leaves you alone and lets you go ahead and die in your sin. And so when we think about how much God loves us, another question pops up. What would it take to get you or me into a position where we would want to know God more? Some of us can answer real quick. Been there. Still doing that. But how about you? What would God have to bring into your life before you'd stop and not be so arrogant and cocky and humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and pray, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner, and save me? What would it take? What would it take? So I want to caution you. Don't ever let the role that you are playing take the place of God living in your life. Does that make any sense? Hey, folks, we're, we're great actors and actresses. But what would happen for you to get real? Now, that's for you to answer. You don't need to send me an email. You don't need to make an appointment. So I just want to answer that question for you. You don't need to answer it to me, but I would like for you to get by yourself and answer it to him. And if you don't like the answer, then say, Lord, I want to get right with you. I want to walk with you. And your role right now, make you feel happy. It, it may make you 
feel important. But it does not make us. It does not make us any more valuable. We have to exchange our life for his life. God didn't give us those things to make us more valuable. He gave us those things to make us more like him. And the father knew what it was like to lose the son. You name your problem and he can respond. But our value is not in being a role model to other people. Our value is getting people to the one that should be the role model for other people. And his name is Jesus. And follow him and he will make you what he wants you to be. Well, is he through with you here? Or is there a possibility that God could use you at this late time in your life to change the lives of many people and bring them to Jesus? When you reach out for help, your first desire ought to be to put your hand in the nail-scarred hand. If you need help today, before you look to anyone else or any place else, reach out to him. That's what our invitation is about. If you had a traumatic event in your life and call it a storm, call it a disaster, call it a tsunami, what are you going to do? Could I make one suggestion? I'm through. Follow him. Follow him. You see, when you know him, you know where he is. Dude, don't you keep up with the people you know the best? You've probably got them on the phone. You've probably got a thing where you can chase their cars around wherever they go. You say, I'm watching you. <laughs> Just want to know where you are. You know what? I want to know where he is. If, if he's getting ready to come again, I want to know because I need to make some emergency calls this afternoon. Because there's some people I know that if he comes today, they're not going to be with him. And I'm not tattling on them. They've already said they're not. But Jesus has a plan for every one of us. And when the storms come, just follow him. Ten years old, I went to the Sam Houston Coliseum Friday night to watch Rito Romero, Blackie Guzman, Big Humphreys, and Danny McChain, and all the other clowns that were wrestling. And Paul Bosch, ears were about like this. Because <laughs> back in those days, they had two holes, a hammerlock and a scissor. And, and you watch for 30 minutes with one guy's head between the other one's knees around like this. And they'd go around, they're screaming and hollering, and their ears got this big. But in between the bouts... Paul Bosch would sit down with an old microphone and people would just gather around him and he'd have those, those uh, rasters come in. They'd throw a few chairs and all that kind of stuff. But then he would look around and he was a people person. And by the way, if you know Paul Bosch or knew about him, he got saved and was an usher over at Sugar Creek Baptist Church when he died. So I just want you to know that he came to know the Lord. But he would just look in the audience and call people up. And he called me up. I was 10 years old. He put his arm around. He said, young man, how old are you? And uh, I said, I'm 10. 
And uh, he said, how many times have you been to wrestling match? I said, one. He said, when was that? I said, now. <laughs> and then he asked this question. He said, what are you going to do when you grow up? I didn't ask him to answer the second time. My answer to him was, whatever God wants me to do. That's it. Paul Bosch later contacted my dad and said he got more comments about that one simple comment from a little child. Wherever he leads, I'll go. There's power in simplicity and humility. And not knowing how big the mess the world is in, just knowing what your role is. It's either to follow him or to crucify him. It's just that simple.